This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, Michael, you're only as good as your last game in the NFL and for as bad as the first three weeks of the season were for the Jets. It feels like all of that has been erased with an amazing win against Tennessee Titans week four. I mean, look, the Jets had about six opportunities to win this game. They kept trying to lose it. They kept trying to be the same old Jets, but somehow, some way, Fat Randy came through for us and the football gods blessed us with our first one of the season. Michael, you were there. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling great. That's the best Jets game that I've been to in person, and I haven't been to a ton. But the last two games I had been to were the Browns in 2019 and the Pats game this year. So the bar wasn't too high in terms of <laughs> recent games. But um, but that but that was awesome. This is the game we've been waiting for, a breakout game for Wilson, for the offense. And just to see this team look like a competent football team for once. Um, and this is just great progress over the first three games. And obviously getting the win is great. But, um, you know, even – you know, if Randy makes that last kick and they tie, obviously it wouldn't feel as good. But there was a lot of progress made on both sides of the ball, uh, and that's the most important thing. But the football gods did have the Jets back in this one, um, and to get that win is an amazing feeling, and I think it is very important just from a, a mental standpoint to be able to associate your progress with winning. I, th- I just think it's an important thing, and just for the morale, for the young players to feel that, Sent to feel like they actually are getting better because they're winning. So um, it, it was an amazing environment there uh, and a big step forward for this team. Yeah, I mean, I was already rationalizing during the game about, well, okay, this is progress and they played them close and this is pretty much all we wanted. But yeah, I mean, the win feels great. I mean, this is probably the first meaningful Jets win since I guess like, you know, like 2019 against the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, or like, even that they were zero and four when they won that game. So, but like, I guess there was some sort of meaning behind that, but like, you know, <laughs> every single win since that has just been in, you know, end of season jets are already out of it. Doesn't really matter. This was a legit early season win for the jets. They're one and three. It's a long season. And you know, look, the jets aren't going to go into playoff run or anything, but this is, a, this is a damn good Tennessee Titans football team. And yeah, they were missing Julio and AJ Brown. And that certainly played a factor, but either way, they're, they're a better team than the jets and the jets, played them tight and they, they played them well. And, and even if they almost gave the game away, you have to, you know, it's the, it's the result that matters. And, you know, this was the kind of game that I think we were all kind of hoping for, which was like, okay, you're a young team. You're going to play some good teams tight. You might lose some heartbreakers, but you at least, you know, you look the part of a, of a team that's developing and, and, you know, not just getting curb stomped like you've gotten the last three weeks. 
this was a huge step in the right direction and, and getting the win is, is absolutely massive. But yeah, I mean, the biggest story to me is Zach Wilson getting his confidence back. And there's a lot of storylines in this game because this was a, a, a full team effort. But to me, that was the most important part of this game because, you know, after that, that Patriots game, and then you saw it last week against the Broncos, you know, one of the biggest factors in, in grading a rookie quarterback to me is how they bounce back from adversity. And I was kind of worried that Wilson was going to be a little scarred from the, that Patriots game. He didn't look as decisive against the Broncos. I mean, obviously it wasn't like a horrific game or anything that like that, but he just, he looked like he had some of his swagger back in this game. And that was, you know, uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me. And he had some amazing throws in this game. Some throws that we, you and I, Michael, will, will probably watch upwards of a thousand times over the next year waiting for, for next season. Um, this game produced plenty of Zach Wilson highlights. What were your thoughts on, uh, on Zach Wilson's game? Yeah, I think it was great to see because look, this game did not get off to a good start. You know, Corey Davis drops another ball, slips on a route. He throws an interception. Um, even the next catch Davis made after that, he fumbled, was lucky enough to get it back. So um, this game started like the other games, but he bounced back, I think, a lot quicker. Getting that touchdown drive before the half was huge. That's something that they haven't done yet, be able to, or both for him and the entire offense, to rebound in half. Then obviously the second half adjustments were great. He came out and um, I, I just think this was quintessential Zach Wilson, what Pete Wilson can look like if he figures it out and look he wasn't perfect you know he missed the throw to griffin that could have won the game um you know the throw the touchdown of crowder wasn't the best throw it was a great catch so he wasn't perfect but ultimately uh, hey, the good, I, I don't the know good outweighs the bad i don't know I mean, if i would making, say that was a bad throw to crowder he was just a little late on it but that was a nice throw he I mean, rifled that in there it, it was it was kind of, it was a good catch it's kind of behind him but we're nitpicking but when when you make the plays that he made it outweighs minor mistakes like that when you're you know when there's a bad snap and you pick it up off the ground to get 25 yards out of it, when you're about to get sacked and you scramble and turn it into a 40 yard touchdown, when, you know, you know, you float in a 30 yard dot on third down in overtime to put yourself in range to win the game. Um, you know, he is just incredible. I think he is a lot more confident with his improvisational game in, in, in this one. And I think it was just, he was just a lot more confident. That's really all it is. Like a lot of the stuff was outside of structure um, and he's putting the ball in good spots. And, you know, there were instances where the right thing to do might've been to check it down, but he got aggressive and he got the most out of those plays. So uh, he, he was yeah. just in his zone. And I think this is what Pete Wilson can look like, but at the same time, there is still a lot to learn from in this game for sure. But um, the good in this game was the peak of what he can be. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the biggest thing for this offense is that they established any sort of rhythm. I mean, that was mentioned by the commentators in this game, and I thought it was a good point. It's like, oh, we finally get to see a little bit of Michael Floor's offense because they're having, you know, eight-play drives, ten-play drives. Um, and I think that was a big thing for not just Michael Floor calling the plays, but I just think Zach Wilson in general, he was able to develop some sort of rhythm. And I think that's been an issue for him because they've had, you know, you can you can chalk this one up as a slow start as well. I mean, every single game this season has been a slow start for not just Zach Wilson, but the entire offense. But it seems like him in particular, like once he's able to get in a rhythm, once he gets his confidence going, um, you know, he seems to just trust himself a lot more. I agree with you. I think there, you know, look, he missed some throws today. He seems to miss some of the easy ones. And that is kind of what showed up at BYU, obviously less, you know, frequent than it's been in the NFL so far, but he seemed to always have at BYU, you know, like a pass or two a game that would just be like, randomly way off 
um, which is mildly concerning. But then you saw, like, I mean, that touchdown to Corey Davis couldn't have been placed any better. Like you said, the, the play where he fumbled and found Crowder, obviously the deep bomb to Keelan Cole. Uh, and then the, the third down to Keelan Cole in overtime was arguably his best throw of the day. I mean, he had like four to five legit top tier Pro Bowl quarterback level throws. I mean, those are the Mahomes type of throws that we've been hearing about and really haven't seen that much. I mean, maybe you got one of them in Carolina, but we've been the last few weeks. We haven't gotten any of it. And we didn't get much of it in the preseason either because he played, you know, kind of a, a boring type of, you know, fundamental style of football. This was the first time we've really gotten to see that Mahomes type of, of, um, ability in Zach Wilson. It was awesome. I mean, clearly the kid is more comfortable when they're on the move. He seems more comfortable in the hurry up, but I think Michael Floyd did a good job. I mean, I think there's still some things that I'd like to see LaFleur implement better, but, um, and more, I thought the situational play calling could have been better. I mean, that third and one on the goal line, don't love the QB boot call there. I mean, obviously I love it when it's Mark Sanchez in Pittsburgh in 2010, but just situationally, it's just like, that's two down territory there. And you put the, the offense in a position to lose five yards. So there are obviously some things that I think LaFleur could have done better, but I, I think this is clearly the best game of his, um, of, of his season so far. Michael, what were your thoughts on the floor? It kind of felt like not just Zach Wilson getting out of the structure and being more aggressive. It actually felt like, you know, going completely against what they said two weeks ago about Zach Wilson playing boring football. LaFleur called an aggressive game. I mean, he attacked this Tennessee Titans defense deep down the field. What were your thoughts on, uh, on the floor's performance? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it was much different in terms of simplifying things for him because, I mean, this was probably going to this is probably going to end up as his most aggressive game in terms of how deep his targets were. Um, so they definitely did not take their foot off the gas, but Wilson was a lot more comfortable with it. Um, and just in addition to the highlight throws, um, there's the throw he made to Keelan Cole on the first play of overtime. Um, the two throws he hit on the out routes to Corey Davis on the first touchdown drive um so there was a lot more of a lot more of that that's what we really haven't seen Wilson has hit some big throws he did against Carolina he did near the end of the of the the following two games um but those within the structure get the get drives going sort of intermediate throws to move the chains there hasn't been a lot of that and it's been you know miscommunications at route timing he's missed some throws um, protection hasn't been there for him to even be able to, you know, have the time for 10 yard out routes to develop. Um, but in this game, the time was there. He hit the throws. Um, so that was a lot better too. Um, but I, I think in this game, you know, LaFleur has definitely been bad so far, but I think this game kind of showed that, you know, when the protection's a little bit better, when the quarterback is throwing a little bit more accurately and the receivers are catching passes that, this aggressive game plan that LaFleur really has been playing with this season, which is surprising and not necessarily ideal for developing a rookie quarterback. Um, it can be really explosive when the execution is there. Um, but I still think he can be better at making things easier. I still think they can call more screen passes, um, you know, just design more easy stuff for him. They did get the, um, you know, the receivers involved in the run game a little bit more in this one with Braxton Berrios that did work pretty well. Um, so definitely some improvement there. Um, but he continued to be really aggressive. Wilson was just a lot more dialed in in this game, especially, you know, mostly in the second half. Um, but um, I, I still think there are areas to improve. But it, this definitely showed that um, whenever everything's clicking, it can be a productive offense. Right. Uh, look, if the, if the run blocking can take a step and you, you, heard, you hope when Becton comes back, that's going to be the case, but that's not going to be until November. And so this is more maybe a long-term thing where you're looking at this offense, but 
if if the if the run blocking can improve, I mean, you just see this style of offense work so well with San Francisco and with you know uh, Tennessee runs it, the Rams run it with McVay. It's you know pound the football, force the defense to to come up and play men more men in the box, and then you hit them play action over the top. And I think that's the type of offense the Jets are trying to build. Um, it doesn't work as well when you can't run the football. Um, clearly pass blocking in the offensive line was a lot better today, but still run blocking. They're, they're fairly brutal. Although they, they did take some strides there. Um, to me, the biggest difference in the offense outside of Wilson's confidence is having James Crowder back. I think that was huge for this entire offense. I mean, he's just a natural separator. He's a safety blanket. He is a, a nice safe pair of hands for, for Zach Wilson. I think he just kind of opened things up for the offense in terms of creating separation and, and just putting the defense in their back feet because you know, the last few games, it just seems like receivers just can't get open. And Crowder's a guy who can pretty much instantly get separation. He's not a guy who can play on the outside, but you put him at the slot. I mean, he's just a great weapon for a young quarterback. And I feel like he opens up some of the other weapons across the field. Um, outside of Wilson, outside of the floor, before we move over to the defense, because there's a lot to talk about over there, just what were your thoughts on some of the other pieces in offense between the receivers, running backs, tight ends, and, and offensive line? Well, it was definitely good to see Keelan Cole kind of get involved because, you know, he's been out there a little bit the past couple games, but he was not, he never really got an opportunity. But in this game, he makes three catches and all of them are pretty big catches. So it was great to see him get involved and, and show you what he can be. He is capable of making big plays at that level. Um, so it was great to see him. Like you said, Crowder. Um, and I talked about it a lot prior to this game that I thought that was going to be a big boost. Um, and, and it was, you, he really adds dimensions that I don't think you get with Braxton Berrios, um, the ability to make big catches down the field in the red zone. I think he's better in, in a lot of different areas. And we saw that in this game, uh, just takes more attention off the other guys. I think he's a, a more intimidating threat. So it was great to have Crowder back, uh, as well. And then when you look at the defense, Michael, and I think you, you kind of owe an apology to, to one member of, of the defensive side of the football. Um, and maybe not, maybe you're going to fight back on this, but there's a, a particular linebacker, brother of, of somebody on this Jets defense who you've been pretty critical of. You even texted me at the start of this game how bad he is. And boy, oh boy, did Quincy Williams make his name you know, uh, today. I mean, obviously, look, he misses some tackles. He plays really aggressively and so sometimes he overruns some things but man he was all over the place today and he was kind of the type of he had the type of game that we were kind of hoping that maybe uh, Jared Davis could have in this this defense where he's a super athletic guy um he's gonna make some mistakes but he just brings the juice to the defense him and CJ Mosley today were flying around and and I think I don't think the Jets win this game without Quincy Williams playing the way he did yeah I, I mean to be fair look in the first half he did he made some big plays but he did he was a part of all the big plays they gave up, like the third and 21 screen, various other big plays. Uh, the Titans had a lot of success with screen plays, and he's a big part of a lot of those. And I just think with linebacker play in general that, you know, they make a lot of big plays naturally, but we don't really remember when they miss tackles and make mistakes. So in the first half, he did make some big mistakes. But second half, he kept making big plays one after the next. And I think the, he did cut down the mistakes. So ultimately it was – a really good game for him. Um, but, you know, when I was criticizing him, it was in the first half. I think he did make some mistakes. But um, like you said, I think he is kind of filling what we thought Jared Davis would be, a guy who's a really good athlete, has a lot of talent, and can make a lot of big plays. Maybe he's not entirely in control and fundamentally sound enough to be a star like C.J. Mosley can be. But 
the physical talent is there. So um, we've seen Quincy Williams show a lot of flesh as a big time talent the past few weeks. And I think if he can cut down on the missed tackles, take better angles, be a little bit more patient, cut those mistakes out um, and, but still make those big plays that he can make with his athleticism, then he can be a really good player in this defense. And this was a, definitely a fantastic game for him from him well, the, based on his second half, cleaning up some of those things. Well, the thing is, is the linebackers in this defense just have so much pressure on them. They have to be good. They have to be fundamentally sound. I mean, they're going to make or break this entire defense. And you've kind of seen it in other, especially last week, it seemed like the young linebackers certainly struggled. Um, but CJ Mosley, without him, this defense is not top 10. And it's a top 10 defense right now. It's probably around 10, but Without C.J. Mosley, this defense is is not what it is right now. I mean, how good has that guy been? I mean, obviously, it's been a long two years. I think there's some that were willing to put him up there with some of the worst Jets free agent signings of all time, but he has a real chance to, to really erase all the, the bad memories uh, that Jets fans have of him because he's been lights out four weeks in a row, and I know the PFF score or whatever hasn't been kind to him in some of the weeks, but you could see it particularly today, how much of a leader he is. I mean, when, when I'm watching CJ Mosley, you're seeing a, Lee, a Luke Keekley or a Bobby Wagner, a guy who's just QBing the entire defense, getting everybody lined up, flying around the football. I mean, he just seems so crucial and like another coach on the field. So obviously Quincy Williams is the, the more athletic and flying around, make some mistakes, make some crazy plays. But what are your thoughts on, on CJ Mosley? who just seems to be holding that. He seems to be the glue of this entire Jets defense and maybe to a larger extent, the, the entire Jets team, because this defense is the one carrying this team. Oh yeah. He's definitely been great. Um, he's, uh, he's been exactly the player that he was at his peak with the Ravens. Just a guy who's very fundamentally sound. Uh, I think does all the stuff well to linebacker position that is really important and really important and being good because I think, you know, linebackers get a lot of, of a lot of attention for making big plays tackles in the backfield um you know just racking up tackles but it's more about you know don't miss tackles keep everything in front of you fill your gaps in the run game don't make mistakes um and and that's what he does really well uh he just does not he plays his assignment very effectively and consistently um and i think it's been huge for this defense to have him doing that when you've had you know young linebackers playing next to him or all over the place and you know, making big mistakes, but he's doing his part to keep things limited. So um, it's definitely been great to see him play at the elite level that he's been playing at. Yeah, I think the other thing, and you really can't talk about this game without talking about the pass rush, because that's where the Jets won. They won in the trenches. The offensive line did their part for the most part. Um, I mean, they, they Wilson only got hit once, so the offensive line certainly won. And then defensively, I mean, John Franklin Myers, Bryce Huff, and Quentin Williams all balled out, and particularly JFM, friend of the podcast. I mean, he, he looks like a guy who's going to get paid. Both of our big, friends of the podcast it. were dominant. Both of our game. friends of the podcast looked looked good today. And and look, I mean, not to be a downer, but could you just imagine how good this pass rush would be with Carl Lawson? I mean, they were just flying. Look, it's oh, not yeah. that the Titans have a bad offensive line. I mean, the Titans have one of the better offensive lines, and the Jets, you know, blew the doors off of them. I mean, yeah, it didn't it look was... like they were playing the same sport. I mean, the Jets were just blowing. I mean, within two seconds, Tan held somebody in their face. It looked like I was watching the Jets offense at times, the offensive line, I guess. Not, not well, I wish we had Derrick Henry. But when, when Tan would drop back to pass, it was only a matter of time before the Jets could get after it. And that was, you know, look, I think there's been some good pass rushing games from the Jets. 2016 against the Bengals kind of jumps out. But today was 
arguably the best Jets pass rushing performance I've I've seen when since watching the team, which might sound like some hyperbole, but just it wasn't just the sacks. I mean, they were just constantly in his face every single throw. Yeah, the pass defense just overall was great. And, you know, from the pass rush up front, but the coverage in the back end was great, too. And obviously you would hope that would be the case with Julio and A.J. Brown out, but they took advantage and they dominated that matchup. Uh, specifically, Bryce Hall was really good. He had three passes defended. And even in addition to that, there were a lot of plays where the Titans would call play-action rollout and Hall would be one-on-one against the primary target on the play and he would lock him down and just make Tannehill check the ball down or throw it away or scramble. So Bryce Hall was fantastic in this game. Um, but overall, the pass defense was had Tannehill threw for 298 yards, but he had seven sacks for 45 yards, and he threw the ball 49 times. So he was not efficient at all with the passing game, despite those yardage numbers. Um, so it was really good. But I'm curious what you think, um, because I feel like the turnovers is a really interesting topic with this team, because I feel like they're doing everything you need to do to force turnovers. The pass rush is good. The coverage is tight, but the takeaways haven't really been there so what do you think is that just a luck thing is there something they can do better to force more turnovers well kind of going into the season that's kind of what we thought we didn't think they were going to be a high turnover type of unit that's just kind of been the case for especially when you look at Salah's first year in San Francisco I think the turnovers are going to come I mean you noted it in the the Patriots game how the Jets continuously force fumbles if you look at this game and I'm trying to remember exactly if it was the fourth quarter drive I think it was the fourth quarter drive it could have been the overtime drive Bryce Huff gets that sack and he forces the fumble, but then Tannehill just kind of recovers it in the sense that the, the ball kind of like the, the Marcus May one against New England where the ball never really hits the ground, but the ball was jarred loose. It just fell right into Tannehill's lap. And so I think that the Jets are going to get a lot more strip sacks. I mean, certainly they deserved a strip sack today. I don't know how they didn't get one, but they've been fundamentally f- sound, you know, in the secondary and they've been flying around. I think the turnovers are going to come. I think it's mostly a luck thing, especially fumbles. That just seems to be a luck thing. Um, but they were never going to be a super high turnover unit. I mean, the way they're playing right now through four games is pretty much the best case scenario. I mean, when we looked at it before the season, I think you and I kind of maybe thought that the offense was going to be the better of the two units, but that's been far from the case. Jeff Ulbrich and Robert Sala have done a hell of a job coaching this unit up and it's and it's game four. And look, like there's going to be ups and downs. They're going to have some games where they're going to give up 40 points or whatever, but for the most part, this is something that should just continue to get better. I mean, you look at the leaps that San Francisco made under Robert Sala from 2017 to 2018 to 2019. Is this system become second nature for some players? And, um, you know, a lot of these young guys that they're playing become veterans. It's only going to get better. I mean, this unit has legit potential. The, the way they're playing right now is outstanding. But when you think about the future, not hell, not even years from now, just down the, the line of the season, I think this defense it really has a legitimate shot to finish top 10, which isn't crazy. I mean, they did it in 2019, but this is this is a really good Jets defense for an undermanned, you know, defense personnel-wise. I mean, you're playing a bunch of day three rookies, a bunch of nobodies at linebacker outside of C.J. Mosley, and you're missing your best player, and the Jets are playing as well. So uh, Jeff Ulbrich and, and Robert Sala deserve, you know, a, a standing ovation. I just think when I look back at this game, I, I think that, sure, there were – plenty of opportunities for the jets to lose it they kept trying to lose it so i guess maybe it's just a luck thing but the way i look at it is like look the jets are gonna have plenty of same old jets moments probably in the near future but this was one of those times where there aren't many times where i've seen the jets win a game like that the the ball finally bounced their way they found a way to win they topped it out and look it wasn't perfect and they had to come down to, to the titans making a mistake but 
they beat the better team and they played them close the entire day and they, they won it in the end. That was the opposite of a same old Jets performance. Even if they tried to give it away, I would have loved for them to punch it in. But I mean, that was, that was a, a damn good game. And I think the hope is, is now we'll see the effect it has in the rest of the season, particularly next week will be a good, good test because, you know, next week they're flying to London. They're going to have to go obviously to a entire separate country, different time zone. This game was probably physically and emotionally exhausting. Not only was it like a four hour game, but it was also their first win. There was a lot of celebrations. How many times have we seen the jets come out after a big win, completely sleepwalking the next game and not to add to it a big, you know, the hell they, they won their only game in London. So maybe I shouldn't say that, but you know, a big time zone difference traveling to a different country, essentially primetime football. It's the only game that's going to be gone beyond. So maybe not primetime, but everybody's going to be watching this game on Sunday morning. That'll tell me a lot about this jets team and the way they're coached, because if they can come out and they use this game as a springboard, they have a lot more confidence. They're flying around at hell. Same as, as last week. I, I think they have a very good chance to beat the Falcons. Personally, I thought they were going to start 0 four and then beat the Falcons. Um, you know, after last week. Um, but even if they just play them tight, they play them hard. They look like a competitive team. They're in the game early. I'm not talking about like Carolina where they come back after being down two scores or whatever. If they look at like a competitive team, a competent team, that's how you really know things have started to change for this team, even if it doesn't mean they're going to the playoffs. But next week will tell me a lot about, was this win, you know, the Jets getting kind of lucky? I'm not saying completely obviously they did some some great things but you know the ball did bounce the jets way a few times um next week will, will be the the real determiner for that so michael when you look ahead to, to next week and i don't want to get too far ahead of our, ourselves but do you think that this is the type of game that that jump starts a season you know now they're one and three they've got one on the board it seems like maybe zach wilson might be able to put the patriots performance behind him or do you think this is one of those things where this is a potential, I don't want to say trap game because look, the Jets are in no position to be overlooking anybody, but do you think this is a potential trap game where the Jets come in a little too overconfident and, and come in sleepwalking? Well, I really think this can be a turning point because sports psychology is just so interesting. It, it's And we know this as a Jets fan, you can feel it just watching. Like when your offense gets into a funk, when your quarterback gets into a funk, it's like you just miss a couple throws you have a couple bad quarters and then it just keeps snowballing and it becomes hard to do what's supposed to be routine. And that's what happened these first three games. It's like, it's not supposed to be this hard to move the football. You don't have to be great, but you know, six points in two games is very bad. Um, and at some point you just got to break out of it and have something good happen to get your confidence back, get back into that rhythm. And it took them a couple quarters in this game, but that finally happened. Your quarterback, made special plays and they got their rhythm back. So I think it absolutely is something that can carry over into, you know, the next week, you know, I don't know if they'll win the game. Of course they have a good chance, but um, I think definitely this will help them break out of that, you know, stretch of being completely incompetent. Like the first few games, I don't think we'll see a stretch like that again. They can have another game like that or another game or two, but I don't think we'll see another stretch of three games where they are that bad. I think, this is what they needed to get things going, see what they're capable of, you know, figure out what their best plays, best concepts are, how they work. Um, and I think this absolutely will be that turning point game. Um, and, you know, ideally they win next week, but it, again, just from a development standpoint, it's great just to see competent football, build some confidence um, and get that rhythm going. Um, there, there are actually a couple of plays in this game, like turning point plays that I'm curious to know what you thought, because I, like watching this game, like, I don't 
I don't talk to people that much during the game. I would like to, but like when I'm at the game, it's like I'm too busy smacking the chair in front of me, just screaming my lungs out to be texting people constantly. So I can't be as like intricate discussing details with everyone. But um, there's a couple of plays I want to know what you thought about. So um, in overtime, if the Jets on that uh, third and goal play, if they stayed at the one yard line and faced fourth and goal from the one, would you have gone for that? But yeah, well, they saw us said as much that, that he would have gone for it. That was the okay. plan. It may, I mean, because look, look, if you don't get it, the Titans are on their own one yard line. You, you trust your defense at that point. And it's like, look, either the Titans are going to drive 99 yards and win the game, or I guess they could get a, you know, 60 yards and kick the field goal or whatever. Um, but I think what you're thinking is, is look, if you don't get it, you trust your defense, force a quick possession, you get the ball back and you're back at, you know, around the midfield if the Titans punt from their own one. So that's a no brainer to me, but I, I agree with you. I think that the biggest turning point in this game was uh, definitely the, well, I was going to say the Keeling Cole bomb. Cause that seemed to really open up the whole offense. But I honestly, I think it was just that, that third and 10 completion to Corey Davis, the one that yeah, he fumbled yeah. like that was just, it seems like that he was able to take some air out of our, you know, out of our, it seems like we were able to breathe again, watching this offense, because you're right. It's been so hard to move the, the ball. And look, I think part of that is just a, a, you know, obviously this is a young offense, but it's like, they faced three of the best defenses the first three weeks. And the Titans are not one of the better defenses. Look, they're coached by Mike Vrabel. They have some good players, whatever. They're not an absolute trash can. But, you know, playing Phil Snow, Bill Belichick, and Vic Fangio in back-to-back-to-back weeks is not an easy task for for this type of young team. And I think that was big for this team is that, okay, it didn't seem as difficult to move the ball. Once they got that first completion, it was like, okay, we're playing football again. Uh, Because before that, it was just like, you know, I watch every other game and it's like, how can every other team manufacture easy yards and just move the ball? Even if they're putting up 14 points in the game, it just seems like they're able to play football. Um, and it just seems like the Jets have been playing a completely other sport the last few weeks. But finally, it was like this game was very, you know, hopefully the, the season turns out better. Um, very reminiscent of the of the Cowboys game in 2019 to me. And, the, and not just because they were all white and they were playing a blue team, but it just felt like, you know, underdog backs against the wall at home and they finally and a lot of obviously the big plays they held on at the end maybe they shouldn't have won it but it was just a big win and I think you know kind of going back to what I was just saying 2019's team slept walk right into New England I mean they just looked awful um we'll learn a lot about this team and Salah's team if they, if they come in and use this as a springboard and their by two and three and then I think we're looking back at okay didn't start as pretty as maybe we would have liked but this is kind of what we were hoping for hover around 500 the entire season and show signs of development. So I'm, I'm ecstatic about this game. I thank God for fat Randy. I mean, life is really coming full circle for the jets here. I will, I don't think he was actually that bad in 2015. I have to say, I feel like he got a lot of criticism, but I don't remember him actually. He being just missed horrible. a couple of kicks in that Cowboys game. Other than that, he was pretty good. Right. He was actually not that horrible, but I think it was just because he was having to replace folk hero. And he, he, he look, he, he's got a bit of a belly there, but, um, he, he was not that bad for the Jets, so I have no ill will towards him, especially after that, honestly. I might have to get a fat Randy jersey because that was an awesome moment. I have to also say the MetLife crowd, I mean, you were there. Maybe you could speak yeah. to this a little better. It seemed like it was kind of dead at the start. Who can blame them? But, damn, that crowd came alive. If you go back and listen to that uh, that kick missing and that roar from the crowd, you haven't heard a roar like that uh, in a long time from MetLife crowd. Yeah, it, like coming into the game, I was inter- interested to see how it was going to be the pregame energy is definitely nothing like the New England game, just people chanting, going up the escalator, and just like a general buzz. 
that wasn't there. It kind of just felt like almost a preseason game, but it, it filled out pretty decently. Um, and once the team got going, people were really into it. It's one of the loudest games that I've been to um, in terms of the New England game could have been louder if it was competitive. But um, once I got into the game, like it was very loud in there. and People were really into it. And, and when he missed that field goal, I was just like running around, high-fiving random people. Some random guy just <laughs> hugged me. It was like, uh, it was crazy. It's one of the best moments I've seen live in sports. That's awesome. Well, hopefully Zach Wilson and company can create um, some of these other moments for us. Michael, I think that's going to do it for us in our, in our post-game recap pod. I, I'm ecstatic. If you can't tell from the voice, obviously I think we're keeping a little mellow right now, but you know, it's late at night. Don't want to wake up the roommates, but uh, absolutely ecstatic about this win. This was a big win for the team. And, and I really hope they can use this as a springboard um, throughout their season. You can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter, myself at Ben W. Blessington, Michael at Michael underscore Nania. Um, go to jetsxfactor.com for the best place to go for Jets content. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Michael, I think that's it. Any last words? We'll be back. We promise. We'll be back later this week looking at the Falcons game. Maybe we'll do a little mailbag, um, have a little bit more planned for later in the week. But, Michael, any last words before we get out of here? Um, I guess it's going to be a while until we see the green jerseys, right? We, they're probably going to be it was white an odd choice week. to go it, it was an odd choice to go white on white back-to-back weeks but i like it i think that's definitely their best look i mean i like the black unis but i would say white on white's the next best look um what do you think i think they'll probably go white on green next week against the falcons then probably the same for new england probably the pit yeah well maybe they'll go i don't know i think and then Bengals my, at home is probably black yeah for Halloween. Halloween. yeah obviously my my big pitch is i think they should wear white on black like white jerseys with the black pants in the road. Yeah, sometimes. I agree. It looks great in Madden because the stripes are green on the pants and the jersey, so it matches. I don't know. But hear me out, Jets. But um, anyways, that's going to do it for us. Great game. Finally, the Jets won something somewhat meaningful. It's just crazy how much better your entire week is after a Jets win. I mean, like I feel completely ready to run through Monday like a brick wall. The last three weeks, it's just been like crawling through the day just trying to get to – Wednesday or Thursday, just try to get out of the week. But yeah, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty win, unhealthy. It's not healthy. It's so <laughs> unhealthy, Michael, how much of our mental health relies on this terrible football team. But you know what? We'll take it. This is a there's no drug like like the Jets winning, and we'll take this. I think this is we're gonna thoroughly enjoy the next seven days of victory week. It's been a long time since one of these is I've even felt one of these. So I'm looking forward yeah, to Yeah, literally this. since the Cowboys games, last time a win yeah. actually felt that good. Maybe to, towards the end of 20, remember when they beat the Raiders and it was like, well, if they yeah. win out and then all these other teams lose, yeah, they can maybe we did get to that point. But yeah, no, I mean, even la- last year's wins felt like losses. So yeah. this is the first legitimate win. in a long I mean, time, I guess technically so. they won a lot of games last year. <laughs> and, and, true. So, and some depending on how you're rooting for it. I guess that's true. Yeah, I don't know. The Raiders no, it doesn't count. Lost. It doesn't count. It doesn't compare to this. Okay, that definitely doesn't compare. There's just nothing like winning. And like you said, even if the Jets are at like four wins with two games to go in the season and they could maybe get a better draft pick, I'm still going to be cheering for wins. And that's an attitude that I have not had the last few years. But because it's like, okay, this is the head coach. We're not trying to get another head coach. We're not trying to tank for another quarterback. I mean, this is the culture that we're trying to build. It's like, just get them some wins. Try to build the confidence. Um, so that's how I feel. Just keep cheering for the wins. One and three, maybe, maybe two and three after next week. Who knows? Um, we'll be back towards the end of this week. Maybe we'll take some mailbag questions. But everybody have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Go Jets.